0: I don't think I would have been able to make it through it without without him, you know, carrying me. There's that saying about the footprints in the sand, you know, like that that this has definitely been one of those times where there was only one set of footprints and it was cuz I was being carried.
1: Welcome to the Recovery Edgecast, episode number 53. My name is Alfredo and I'm an alcoholic. Today we welcome back Kristen who we interviewed over a year ago and it's been a hectic year in both of our lives. Uh, I kind of just get this started on the phone call straight up without an introduction really so I'm just gonna let her and let the story ride out and I appreciate you guys listening and let's get started. I'd love for you to be able to tell us about what's been going on since, um, we last heard from you and um, tell us your feelings and how you're feeling today about it and everything, you know, I'm just going to let you tell your story, however you see fit. Okay. And well, you know, we'll start, you know, you can do your sober date if you want. I don't know. Do you have a home group anymore or anything like that?
0: Um... My home group has turned more into uh, church. Um, yeah. That is something that I have been drawn to, um, because I feel there, AA addresses a whole lot, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that I just feel and felt like I needed to go a little bit deeper with, and that's mm-hmm. the direction that. Um, I went, but I, I also still work the steps with a sponsor. So um, yeah, there's, there's, it kind of ebbs and flows for me. My spiritual life looks um, different on different days. Yeah. Uh, It kind of ebbs and flows, but I find that the ultimate thing is just to you know, grow closer to God and to build my relationship with him because, um, I, I don't know how to do this life without him. You know, I really don't. Hmm. So, um, as for my sobriety date, um, I wouldn't really even say that I have one. It's been probably about a year since my last drink. Mm-hmm. Um, last year during 2020, during lockdowns, I, um, I had a psychotic break and, um, ended up in the hospital as a result. And I think that they let me go a little too early and it was very, um, it wasn't handled well. And I, um, ended up drinking and using for like, I don't remember what it was, maybe three, three days before yeah. I went back to the hospital. And um, it's been kind of an interesting journey since, you know, like there's been mm-hmm. a lot that's happened over the past year.
1: What was that day like when you started your first drink or using again, because you had some time mm-hmm. um, sober And what was that Uh moment when you decided that this is going to be make me feel better? What was that like?
0: It wasn't like this is where I struggle with it, kind of, because I wouldn't consider it like a normal relapse where, you know, like things just get too hard or whatever. And I'm like, F it. And I just go out and, you know, want to make myself feel better. Like when I say I had a psychotic break, like I literally... Um, you know, like, felt like the people on the television were speaking to me, and um, I thought that God told me to give up my sobriety, like, that's really, like, the delusional thoughts that I was having, and initially, I had thought that it was COVID, you know, like, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't really, like, decipher what it was, I knew if I told somebody what I was experiencing that they would think that I'm crazy, but I was really experiencing these things, you know? So I'm like, maybe it's COVID, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I went to, I called my doctor and she's like, well, go get a COVID test. So I went to the place that she told me to try to go get a COVID test. Um, and of course. I don't know if it was me or the scheduling or whatever, but they didn't know what I was talking about. So I decided I was like, all right, well I'll go to an urgent care place. And I got to the urgent care place and walked in and they're like, well, you have to have an appointment. And I'm like, okay, um, can you make an appointment for me, please? It was like literally just me and this lady (laughs) inside Hmm. this building. And for whatever reason, she wasn't able to do that. And so by this time I'm getting like upset, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm on the verge of tears, et cetera, and by the time I get to – I figured I'd just walk into a hospital then, right? Yeah. And I, um, I had said I, – I don't even remember what I said. You'll have to forgive me because my memory is very, very unclear because this is before the – I guess for lack of a better term, the relapse had happened, and I – Um I remember almost getting into a fight with a security guard at the hospital because she was um giving me a bunch of hassle about a mask and I I couldn't breathe by this point, like I'm hysterical by now. And had snot coming out of my nose the whole nine yards. And somewhere in there I knew like if I get into an altercation with this woman, I'm probably gonna get arrested. So I went to another hospital and finally was just in complete hysterics at this point. And I finally just told them that I was suicidal because they, I I knew that they would have to, they would have to help me in that case, you know? Mm. And um, so I was admitted to the hospital and my, um, my sponsor actually was the first person that I called. And she of course um, came to the hospital and they let her back to where i was and i'm still in hysterics and i was kind of you know so glad to see a familiar face you know because i didn't know what was going on hmm. and um i sat on the ground with her in like i was like like in a corner like shaking and and falling hysterically and i just wanted to sit there and talk to her for a minute you know and one of the nurse ladies came in and she's like, you need to get back up on the bed. And I was like, okay, I just need to sit here and talk to my friend for a minute, you know. And she got real, um, I don't know, she got real shitty with me, kind of, and um, ended up saying to me, she's like, well, if you don't get back up on the bed, we're going to make you. And, you know... <laughs> I, I just, I, I guess I wasn't really trying to hear that right then and there. And at that point, I tried to run from the room, which probably wasn't the best decision, but um, that's what I did. And the next thing I knew, I had six security guards on top of me. My face was on the ground. I remember it being cold and like a tear coming out of my eye. Wow. You know, and they, they had put me back up on the bed, and then they had. Um, Fastened me to the bed and then like stuck in my thigh, some kind of drug. I don't know what it was, I guess, to calm me down or whatever. Like you see in the movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, last thing I remember was my sponsor being in the room with me and she was holding my hand, trying to get somebody to take off the restraints. Um, and the next thing I remember is I woke up, I guess it was the next morning um, and then I was uh, transferred from the hospital to um, another hospital uh, and I was there for 10 days. Um, I was let out um, too early, didn't even have like a discharge, you know, paperwork for what meds I was supposed to be on or anything like that. And so I tried to go back to work and I just couldn't focus. Like I couldn't, I was forgetting um what I was saying it mid-sentence so often that it was obvious, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and that's when finally my boss called me up one day and she's like, what are you doing? And I, I was, you know, I told her, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm not doing well. I don't think. And she said, well, do you need some time off? And I said, yeah, that'd probably be, be a good idea, you know? And, um, So I took a leave of absence and I went and tried to get some help. It wasn't exactly the uh, best experience I've ever had in my entire life, um, obviously. Um, And I wouldn't wish it on anybody. It was a very, um, it was a hard experience to go through, you know, and when I find that a lot of times when doctors find out histories of people like us or me, Um, that sometimes you can kind of be placed into this like stigmatized group, you know? Mm -hmm. And so over the past year, it's been very difficult for me to try to seek help from professionals that care enough to actually listen, um, as opposed to just place you in some kind of category, if that makes sense.
1: What did you do in those 10 days at your hospital stay?
0: Um, which time <laughs> hmm. I was there twice uh, in quick succession and hmm. I had that's when I had fallen off the wagon for like the three days or whatever it was hmm. um in between those two stays. So I mean I oh, can tell you yeah. about both of them if you like. Some my memory, like I said, is kind of choppy in instances, sure. but I can tell you that The difference between my first day and my second stay was significant because when I had come out of um, whatever episode that I had and I I realized what had happened, you know, like thinking back to the delusional thoughts that I was having about how I thought that God really was telling me to give up my sobriety, you know, looking back at that was, I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know what I mean? Hmm and um so it was a lot more depressing the second time around uh cuz the doctor like i said he's just like well you need to go to rehab now basically and i knew that that's not what i needed but um he had done such a good job of freaking out my entire family and everything else i just didn't have anything left in me to fight so i was like fine whatever and so i ended up going to a treatment facility and i was there for like 7 days and then um In my opinion, it was the grace of God. Um, My insurance had actually dropped them from my network, so I was discharged. And I was able to spend Christmas and whatnot with some of my extended family. Um, Otherwise, I would have been in there for all the holidays last year. It would have been the mental hospital and rehab and all that. But um, it's hard for me to talk about still. You know, I still... Struggle even like with AA, you know, because they're very uh, particular about their sobriety dates, and and I I don't feel like everything was lost that I had done prior to that. Right, if that makes sense.
1: No, it does.
0: And you know, I'm still human. I'm still an alcoholic. I still, you know, need help from other women to help me navigate through some of these things in life, you know, like, um, I'm so grateful to AA that, you know, I met a woman there who was able to be there for me when I really, really, really needed it. Cause my family, they were all, um, out of state, you know? And so I consider my sponsor family (laughs) and so does my family at this point, Mm. but, um, I'm super grateful for the people in AA. It's been hard for me to kind of go back and talk about those things because coming from where I have been, um, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you throw, I mean, alcoholism is terrible in and of itself, but you add, you know, hard drug use on top of that for, you know, however many years it was, 17 years or whatever, I mean, life does not look good <laughs> yeah. in the midst and after that. And um, yeah, well, I don't know really what to say about it other than it was it was a hard thing to go through and I'm still kind of navigating mm-hmm. through it. Um, but I've also had a lot of really positive things happen over the past year as well. Like I finally was able to you know, get some family stuff resolved and I was able to buy my first home. Um, Congratulations. Which, oh, thank you. I, I appreciate cool. that. Yeah. And I got myself a little um, miniature poodle. His name is Banana and mm-hmm. he lives with me now.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And it's it's really nice to have a dog around again, you know, like I miss, I miss animals. They're, they're good. And, um, so yeah, sto-
1: like right now, your story doesn't fit the typical mold of somebody who would have, who would consider themselves, I don't know, recovered for a few years or whatever. Um, and that's what makes it kind okay. of unique and special. It's your story. You know, it's yours. You're a child of God, you know, I am. you're unique and that's okay. You can't forget yes. that.
0: No, we can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a big deal because um, I don't think I would have been able to make it through it without without him, you know, carrying me. There's that saying about the footprints in the sand, you know, like that. that. This has definitely been one of those times where there was only one set of footprints and it was because I was being carried.
1: What was your mindset a year ago when you... Maybe you felt like you were starting again, but you mm-hmm. know you were kind of resetting. I feel like. What was your mindset, and how did you decide to tackle your recovery at that point?
0: Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, uh, of course, I was devastated. Um, I did not see, I did not see that one coming. I feel like. I was doing the things that are suggested in the rooms to do um you know i was going to meetings working the steps all that sort of thing and then you know everything kind of went remote online and people were doing meetings online and we kind of weren't allowed to go to church and stuff like that and um it was a reset i i i, I worked a lot with my sponsor um during that time and i still do um because she was there to see it all and um, I have also, you know, spoken with her sponsor because I had to like figure out how to go back to work after something like this. And the way that you feel after that, like you just feel devastated. Um, and it's. I mean, not it's it's more than just the devastation that you feel like when you normally relapse, I guess, is, you know, quote unquote. Um, it just it was hard for me to accept That you know i have issues um above just the drugs and alcohol you know what i mean like i feel like those problems had been removed for me and thankfully um after all that happened like the obsession didn't return or anything like that it was you know um i'm grateful for that because i can remember that uh obsession of the mind just being hell and so i didn't really have that it um I don't know it's just a process you know I have a lot of fears because of it which is something that I'm working on in in inventory right now Um, things like that seem to be brought on by you know extremely high stress levels and looking back now it's probably like well no wonder I drank and used all the time is because I was trying to make myself feel better which is what we all do but I think in, you know, a lot of our cases that there's probably something else going on underneath whatever it is that we're trying to, you know, fix.
1: Yeah. Did you find it? Do you think?
0: Um, well, I found I found God and or he found me. So I yeah. think that, um, yeah, I found it. It's just a matter of walking through my daily life and always taking into consideration what I think his will for me is and to follow through with what that is. And Mm -hmm. some days um, are better than others, obviously,
1: you know. Um, Have you got any of these episodes lately or challenging moments?
0: Um, I've had challenging moments, nothing like, you know, actually having a like full on mental breakdown. I do struggle with depression and I am anxious all the time. I've got, um, diagnoses of real post-traumatic stress. Um, and I had gotten so sick of trying to deal with these doctors, uh, that I feel were just throwing whatever at me. Like they didn't even really care. Hmm. And I, you know, my mom had come to visit after I bought my home and I was like, maybe it's time to like reset and see how I am without, you know, being on all of these doctor prescribed drugs. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I weaned myself off of all of them except for one that I that I took at night just because my anxiety was too high and I seemed to do okay for a while and then all of a sudden I was just getting this feeling where like I was dying inside like the only way I know how to describe that feeling is uh, when I when I was in jail some years ago and I was sitting in there for like a hundred and some whatever days it was and at some point you just like it's a physical feeling, but you can't see that anything's wrong with you. And it kind of just feels like you're dying and you're rotting inside. Hmm. So, um, I did some work and I have sought out, um, you know, another doctor that I feel listens to me. Um, like I said, I, I work the steps with a sponsor. I stay in contact with, um, you know, my other Christian friends, uh, even though that's hard for me to do a lot of the times, so I'm, I'm very, I guess, introverted and reserved for the most part. And especially lately, I haven't really felt, um, it's hard for me to reach out to people sometimes, you know, like the people that are cl- close to me, I reach out to a lot, but then the others like that are, either trying to get close to me or whatever like I just don't like I can't I don't have the mental capacity to deal with it right now um so the
1: question that I am wondering is how do you know if you need like medication or god you know what I mean mm -hmm. like how yeah because I'm not sure I could I have the capacity to understand it if it were me. Um, yeah. Like I'm like the guy who's going to go one way or the other or something. Like how hard, right. how, how did you, what you tell me about it?
0: Well, I, I've tried both and we're, we're still working on it. And I, I do feel that in a lot of cases, medication can be overused and in some cases maybe even perpetuate um one being able to get sober you know um and i have taken that under consideration and i've thought very hard about that um because so many times you know hear people say words like depression and anxiety and ptsd and all this and like i don't like saying those words it makes me feel weak hmm. um and i feel like in a lot of cases those words are very overused um But I think it's kind of a balance. Um, I do a lot of prayer and meditation. Uh, I think it is actually a physical problem in my brain because I have come off of the medications and solely tried, you know, praying and relying on God. The one piece that I think that I might be lacking a little bit on is um, community. You know, I keep my circle pretty small. Um, so that's what I'm working on now is like stepping back out and trying to um, cultivate more relationships so that I can, you know, have, I guess, more support and more like we're social creatures, you know, we need mm-hmm.
1: that.
0: Yeah. Um, but I've also experienced what it feels like when I'm not on medication and it's not good. And especially after experiencing what I went through last year, I am not trying to do that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, my my sobriety is very precious to me because I lived most of my life um, extremely not well. You know, so even if I'm not doing well now or so, I think I'm doing way, way better than when I was out there, you know, on the streets, homeless, yeah, you know. So, I mean, it's just life. we're we're we got to deal with the cards that were dealt, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, so then today, do you worry about a relapse or do you worry about like another episode? I guess I'm wondering, like when you wake up and pray and you're thinking about the day. Like I wake up and I'm like, God, thanks for keeping me sober last night. I still do that, like last <laughs> night, even though it's been some time, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm like, Help keep me sober today, you know. Yeah. What What do your you prayers know? kind of sound like?
0: Most of the time, my God, my my prayer is, God, help me. <laughs> yeah. You know, in in one form or another. Um. And a lot of times it can go more in depth, like if I'm, you know, praying about somebody or about something, then obviously it looks different. But I mean, even sitting in traffic is like something that I have to work on because mm-hmm. I get so agitated and angry <laughs> mm-hmm. in traffic. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not good. Yes, traffic. Yes, traffic. I'm sure that's a problem that a lot of us have. It's not just me. (laughs) No, you're
1: right. It's a problem I don't want to have when I'm like 60. You know, like I still hear people in the rooms that just come in long old timers and traffic is like their thing. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to get over this traffic thing because it's uh, it starts right there. Right. And then it just carries into other factors of my life. Yeah. Like it's like impatience or something.
0: Right. And to answer your question about, you know, if I fear relapsing or um, having another episode, like, of course I do. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, The others. Yes. (laughs) I love
0: it. I have, you know, I have, I guess, tools now, though, you know what I mean? Like, the people Mm -hmm. that are around me, I need to be truthful with. Like, if I'm, you know, I told my doctor just the other day, you know, like, I have really not been feeling well at all and the thoughts of drinking has crossed my mind and i am not okay with that because that's not usually me like i mean they're they're passing their fleeting thoughts but they're entering my mind more often than i'm comfortable with and i have to be able to get that out of me and tell people when i'm not feeling well i guess in that respect um but by the grace of God, I mean, for the most part, I don't I don't have that, you know, and haven't for a long time. I still feel that, you know, the obsession for me to drink and use drugs has been removed. Like, that's not something – I don't come home and that's not my, you know, activity for the night is, like, just not to drink, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: hmm. Um. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, you know, I was going to – Go ahead. I, I just hope that this this podcast thing um, can help somebody out there who might be going through, you know, something similar because it's, you know, it is, it's a lot. And, and it sucks to feel different, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. On a daily basis, what does your recovery look like and what do you do to maintain what you have?
0: Yeah. Um, in the mornings, uh, I'm, I'm generally not a morning person, but I have made some time in the morning, uh, even if it's just like 10 or 15 minutes or so where I can just make my coffee and be still and be silent and ask God to direct my steps for the day, because nowadays you never know what's going to happen in a day. Not that you ever did, but you know how the, the way that the world is and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am in my Bible way more often than I used to be. Mm -hmm. And that's somewhere that I truly believe that I need to be. Um, There are answers in there that I've just not found anywhere else. And ultimately in my spiritual journey and exploration, because God has given me the grace to explore all kinds of different, you know, spiritual options, um, that's really just the only thing that makes complete and total sense to me. Um, that's just, that, that's just my story. Yeah. Um, so there's some of that and there is, um, you know, working on my steps. I am in the middle of a four step right now. I think I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's reaching out to friends and family on a daily basis. Um, at least one or the other to kind of touch base with where I'm at, you know? Um, And also developing a church community. I think that that's that's a big deal too, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's probably where I'm I'm the weakest just because I feel like I have a hard time around people sometimes, you know? And letting people close to me because um, there have been times when I have, you know, tried to let somebody in and will reveal a little bit about myself and it will be, you know, thrown in my face, like my past will be, you know, brought up and then it's like, okay, you're not even listening or like respecting the person I am today. Like who I, who I was before, that is not who I am today. That person uh, is gone,
1: hmm. you know, yeah.
0: and we evolve over time.
1: So you're, recovering. So and then, oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah. And then at night, you know, I'll generally do some kind of meditation, um, whether it be, you know, just laying in my bed and doing some breathing, exercising, exercises, not exercising. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's really just like, you know, touching base with God every day, all day long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do next? Because I can't do it by myself. And things just seem to, you know, unfold and reveal themselves further. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the action part on my part is following through with that, whatever that intuitive feeling is. Yeah. Mhm.
1: So you're feeling pretty good about your sobriety today?
0: Yeah, I am. Um, good. you know, I'm, I'm sad that the whole thing happened last year, um, you know, otherwise I'd be coming up on like, I don't know, four years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, right. I guess there's nothing else I can really say about it. It happened, you know, it's something that I could have just kept to myself and hope that, you know, mm-hmm. you know nobody finds out or whatever. But, <laughs> like, it is what it is. And it sucks. And, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to get back up.
1: Yes, and in the grand scheme of things, today is really all we got. And what yep. really matters. Yes. So that is I true. Try not to forget that, you know. Yeah, me too. Um. So then, let me see. Where was I going with that? I don't
0: know. Right <laughs> <laughs> so
1: even though your um patterns of recovery or your um activities kind of changed. They were adjusted. Um, God is really still at the center of your, you know, well-being, and yeah, you know, that, that's the commonality. No matter how you do it, it seems like God's got to be there, a higher power, right?
0: Yep. Um, Most definitely, because I mean, life is life, and sometimes things happen. Um, as you know, that, that we can't control whatsoever. And this is one of the things that I can't control. And sometimes it makes me upset. I'm like, you know, God, did I do so many drugs that I like permanently fucked myself up? Or is this something that I had before, you know, and then you get stuck in the past and then you start tripping on the future.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so I think for me staying in the moment, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because sometimes I need reminded of the simple things, even, you know. Even still, it's it's basic, mm-hmm. um, but it's not always easy, and it's not. I don't always get like an answer from God right away. You know, I kind of I pray and then I go about my day, and then He'll show me as it goes along. Yeah. And as I do that, it's kind of like I don't know this dance, I guess, where He draws me closer. Like I notice things that I know can only be from God, mm. and That's what gives me, I guess, the hope and the strength and the faith to keep on keeping on,
1: Mm. you know? What does that mean to stay in the moment for you these days?
0: It means to stop tripping on the past Mm -hmm. (laughs) and stop tripping on the future and be grateful for what I have right now.
1: Mm -hmm. So for me, and I know this isn't about me, But my most recent um, like freak out was probably like last night and it was a, it was a long day and I had a lot going on and I felt like things were kind of crashing and I could just feel my mind was like starting to race. And at that point I was able to use the tools, you know, the, you know, specifically, Hey man, get back in the moment later. We'll take care of itself. And, Without much effort on my part, I started to feel more calm just by remembering that just right now is all I got, man. Worry about right now, this, like wherever I was driving to, a pet store is where I was going. I was freaking out. I was going to a pet store. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I got so much things to do. These damn fish, (laughs) this and that. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, dude, just conquer what's in front of you right now. This moment. Anyways, right. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, kind of touched on that, staying in the moment. I worry about relapsing mostly. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it's not like creeping on me all the time, but there's some days where I'm just like, you know what? I don't want a Coke and I don't want another freaking seltzer. I know what would hit the spot, you know? Right, um, right. You know? When you get moments like that this year, uh, how are you? Dealing with them, and is it the same way that you've dealt with them in the past, or has it kind of changed, like your thoughts or your activity?
0: I think I've just become like more aware of them, so I can instantly be like, "God, please remove this," because I I just can't do it. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I just can't. And that's um, awesome. Yeah, and you know, I've learned from the program. You know, make a phone call, talk to somebody um, call them and see how they're doing. You know, even if it's just like, you know, my brother or my mom or whatever, it gets me out of my head. Um, and I don't know what I'm more afraid of is another like mental breakdown or a relapse. Cause I think they're very like closely tied because I can remember instances in my past where, you know, I've been in jail and I had been in jail for long enough to where all the drugs were out of my system and I would have had similar episodes to where, you know, I was having odd thoughts and odd things like, you know, with the TV talking to me or whatever, like things like that have happened. And so I can kind of look back now and I always thought that it was just the drugs, you know, like, I mean, I just chopped it up to that, you know, like, wow, mm-hmm. I was really fucked up or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, now that I know, because I had, you know, three and a half years of sobriety before this happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, now I can kind of recognize the signs and I've got people that I can call immediately in the event that, sh- you know, should I ever experience anything like that again?
1: Yeah. That's cool. Your um, recovery is really centered around uh, your church this time, correct? Mm-hmm. And your spiritual growth um yep. I really think is like the bottom line of this stuff is to it you is. know get your spiritual um connection you know to your higher power um strong and that yep. that will help your recovery at least it has for me um so do you see yourself going to meetings ever again or Mm, all your stuff
0: i've been to i don't know a handful of meetings this past year and i think that at some point it may change for me again like i do Mm -hmm. love my aa people (laughs) yeah and you know know? what
1: it's not even like you have to like make a rule or anything like there's nobody right there's no attendance to keep track of here um but i i do admire the amount of spiritual growth that you've found um, going outside of the template because it's working for you and we're all unique, you know?
0: Yes. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, but even that alone is God's grace. I, I, all I have to do is follow my intuition and sometimes I don't want to, is the thing, you know, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not an option. Like the first thing that I bought, um, before I moved into my house knowing that I was going to get be moving into my house was, um, a big old like wooden thing that says, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that is in my dining room kitchen. I'm looking at it right now, you know, and <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a new employer now, so that's the way I got to look at it. And, I think I'm harder on myself than I should be sometimes without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I need to continue to work on through writing. But, Mm -hmm. you know, God is amazing. Like he knows us better than we know ourselves, Mm -hmm. obviously, like he created us. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he took all my stupidity into account (laughs) ahead of time before Mm -hmm. he was like, all right, Kristen, go do this life thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. so that's the kind of stuff that I need to remember and keep at the forefront of my mind. Um, because, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't work, but God does. Hmm. So do you
1: have any advice for anybody who has the same challenges that you do?
0: Oh <sighs> Yeah, just keep talking to people and make sure you're, you're talking to the right people. And mm-hmm. it, it can be like you're swimming, you know, upstream and it can seem impossible. But as long as you keep praying and keep doing the things that you need to do to move forward by acknowledging God and asking him what your next step should be, he will show you. You may not like the answer, but he will show you.
1: Thanks, Kristen, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us on the Recovery Edgecast. And thank you, listeners, for checking us out. You can find more of our episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to check out your podcasts. Share us with a friend, and we'll see you next time.